Welcome to What the Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 upgrades with an instance of the Hunter keyword. I'm Davey, and with me, as always, is Phil. How are you, Phil? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, we are coming at you this time with the other half of the Starblood Stalkers release, which would be the Universals that came with them, which uh, which are pretty fun, pretty exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about these. There's uh, It felt like a good spread of... You know, some cards that seem powerful, some cards that seemed like they may be hinting at stuff to come, and some cards that uh, I don't know if they're powerful or not, which is uh, probably the most fun for me. I don't know about you. I would definitely agree. I I think there's a lot of stuff in here where I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to file this away, and maybe someday this will come back and we'll be like, wait a minute, this card's great. Uh, but at the moment, it's kind of like, I don't know, a lot of head scratchers. Yeah. I know one of the hosts of uh, Path to Glory mentioned that uh, they were happiest when there was a card that they disagreed on because that meant it was like a interesting card. And uh, yeah. similarly, if I you know if I'm looking at blog reviews and such, um, and see a card that one blogger is like, ah, this is nothing, and another one is like, I think this is really great. Uh, I think that's that's a sign of a card that's going to be pretty interesting to to see more of. So yeah. I guess while I'm on that topic, I'm going to do some quick community shout outs. Did you have anything this time, Phil? Um, I mean, I read through pretty much all the reviews for the Starblood Stalkers just to try and get what other people's opinions on them were. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I mean, definitely shout outs to everybody who <laughs> much quicker than we did got those out. <laughs> um, and I don't know, lots of cool opinions. Uh, I do remember reading through the Universal Card review from Steel City Underworlds. And just like you were saying, uh, I think there were a few in there where they had commentary from multiple writers saying, well, I disagree. I think this is a good card. And like, it, it was cool to see like these differing opinions and there's no consensus yet on yeah. some of these cards. Plus, I think... Uh, um michael's sanity was fraying through that as he was i think incredibly tired while he was writing it so that's <laughs> yeah fun. actually kudos to him he, he made a couple errors and then he, he kind of left them on there rather than uh editing it he, he lined them out to say you know like hey look at me i made this mistake oh, yeah <laughs> I, I appreciate that bit of honesty um there was uh let's see i, I wanted i know we've already mentioned set the tempo uh, but I just wanted to single that blog out in particular because he uses an interesting review system uh, yeah. that I really liked. It was uh, so he rates each card on uh, interactivity, uh, viability, and what style it supports. So what what style of play is it? A control card, an aggro card. Uh, how interactive is it with your opponent, and how viable is it? I thought there was a unique way of going about it. We're not seeing that from other people. You know, some people maybe address that in their description but i always like seeing a new take a new way of going about things and he's doing that yeah i i also really like that and um i guess just as a shout out it's like that's a cool way to give people a much more granular look at what your uh ratings really are because yeah. when you just give someone like a number from one to five a lot of that has context mm -hmm. and you kind of don't get that context necessarily uh, but having it be like, this is aggro and this is a four for aggro. Like that gives you that context to say like, this is a good card, but you only want to play it in this one style. Sure. Um, so yeah, definitely look forward to seeing more like that. Yeah. 
And then the uh, last thing I wanted to shout out was there's a, a new blog, Keep Chopping. Uh, Bartosz is doing that. He's Gora on the Discord. Uh, he, uh, as I recall, is from Poland. Uh, he's actually one of my teammates for the uh, uh, Alliance format that Path to Glory has been running. I'm their backup player. So they're a bench warmer cheerleader. Uh, and uh, so it's it cool. He uh, just, just started something up. Um, so I think he's got two posts on there. One's about how cool Alliance format is and the other is about the Starblood stalkers. So, uh, go check it out. It's always nice to have more content. Definitely. Um, having, uh, obviously our context on this is that, uh, Starblood stalkers just came out. We're recording this about a week after the preview release. So this should be the yeah, day of, of general release. release. Yeah. yeah. So uh looking forward to that seeing them uh constructed and such um but in the meantime in this in this past week since we recorded what's been going on with you uh well i don't actually have the starblood stalkers in hand yet but i have been working on building decks for them um i i'm just trying to wrap my head around how i think they should play um <laughs> there's a lot of different options that i want to try yeah. And I have had zero time to actually play any games. So I just keep thinking about stuff and sort of spinning my wheels. Because Tragedy. Like, no, I don't know. Is this going to be better? Is that going to be better? Is this the more optimal card? And it's just like, I, you know, I just need to get some practice. Yeah. Figure that stuff out. Paint a picture for me uh, on your deck builder of choice. When you open it up, how many different draft Starblood decks are there on? Uh, so I've basically drafted three so far, but I've got like five different ideas of decks I want to build. I just haven't had time to actually start building them, but I've been thinking about them. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, myself, uh, I've been playing. I've been having some fun. Um, I will not be able to participate in the next Alliance round. I'm, I'm uh, doing some stuff with the kids, and that has kind of freed me up a little bit. To uh, I got to play some webcam with my brother, and then I got on. Uh, so I played uh chosen axes against dread pageant there that was really fun Ooh. uh i think primacy was earned once in the game uh by somebody being one shot can you guess which fighter was one shot uh i mean logic would the fact sort that of i'm asking yeah <laughs> tell me that it's probably not the ones i would expect uh yeah. i'm just gonna say fuel just just Oof, that would have been brutal. No, uh, <laughs> it, Fuel was the one who delivered the blow, and it was a Slake Slash that he one-shot. Oh, wow. Right, right okay. in the third round. Um, good old... Uh, Man, five damage kill. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and desperately needed at the time it happened, too. But uh, um, Glissette, uh, Glissette was landing all her hits and dodging all counterattacks, so... Oof. Finally, I had to engineer a way to give up. That's what she does, though, you know. Yeah, that two dodge guard is brutal. Yeah, I had uh, I had one particular misplay where because I could have had it on Hadzu earlier, I'd, I'd missed the attack on him, and then for some reason drove him back into a lethal to do one damage to him, which not mm. only helped them inspire, but also later denied me the uh, the primacy. And I was like, man, I cannot i remember there was some logic about why i was doing it at the time but i don't know <laughs> in retrospect yeah. so uh and then the other was another season one i got to do a um uh steel hearts versus uh uh spike claws swarm which was pretty oh, hilarious nice. um 
it was a, it was a nice thinker of a of a game. Uh, uh, my opponent was was pretty courteous. He was pointing out at times where I think I charged once with inspired steel heart, and I was deciding who to attack. And he's like, "Por qué no los dos?" I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I do have a, a side yeah. attack. That's great." Uh, which which made the difference. Um, but it was it was fun. It was one of these where uh, I think he was going last in one round, and I knew there was an objective token. Like he had all his guys brought back and there was an objective token of sitting on top of a starting hex. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. man, the tempting thing here is to kill a rat, but he's going to raise him back yeah. either with the card or somebody. And then he's just going to be on that. So it was, uh, I, I really like those games where you're kind of having to think about like the, you know, yeah. what, what's not the obvious play maybe. So uh, a couple of, a couple of real fun games. Awesome. Anyway, but let's get to the meat of it. You ready to talk about some universals? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, um, we'll do our usual. Uh, there's a lot that we want to talk about, so we may even uh, cover them all. We'll see. Uh, again, as in uh, as with last episode, if there's a style that we do that particularly appeals to you, or uh, or not, just let us know. And uh, otherwise, we're just gonna keep making it up as we go along. Um, one thing you did uh, last time, Phil, which I thought was kind of cool, is you kind of broke down some stats on the objectives the last time we had universals with uh, Kagras. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of ran those real quick. Uh, we have, so 30 cards. It's uh, 10 objectives, 10 gambits, 10 upgrades. Of the uh, of the objectives, there's four surge and six end phase. Uh, there's four new hybrids, two new duels. That's significant because yeah. they're your uh, adaptive and uh, let's see, it's adaptive strategy and something meticulous strategy. I want to say um, uh, are the other yeah. ones that reward you for those different things. But also, um, call back to your Starblood stalkers. Yeah, the uh, uh, great plan, and and then there's also set the tempo, which is just a sure. little. It's basically exact same thing as great plan, but not as easy to score harder yeah um all the surges are one glory surges which is about in line with what you're you're looking for um and uh two of the six end phase are two glory so there there's no like big world beaters coming in here um Mm -hmm. but i think what we're going to see is there's a there's a lot of stuff that's going to kind of slot in might be i don't want to say filler but uh is, is gonna you know sometimes you're like man i cannot figure out what to do i i have one end phase left and i can't even find a one glory that's gonna be all that easy so yeah uh we got those uh in any order what uh what's one you want to talk about first um so i think i think the two glory end phase cards are pretty nice so i'm thinking let's start there uh so i guess I don't know if I which one I want to talk about first. I guess clean kills. Um, so clean kills is basically a really nice aggro card. Um, where so this is one of the duels, um, and it's you score this in an end phase if enemy fighters with a combined wound characteristic of six or more are out of action. So rather than being like kill three fighters or you know whatever number, it's just saying they need to have X number of wounds, and I'm pretty sure that would include upgrades as well so this could even be like one big fighter yeah um yeah and then the other piece of this is that you have to have no enemy fighters alive with wound counters so Mm. you score two glory for this so it you know 
depending on the matchup, this will be easier or harder just because of how many kills you need um, and how difficult it'll be to get those kills. Um, but there's that nice counterplay where if your opponent realizes that you're trying to do clean kills, that they could actually do something about it, which I, I like having cards where there's like that counterplay if your opponent has the wherewithal to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like they can just for free block it. They have to take a wound, which is not always something you want to do anyway. So exactly. Sure. I, I just really love the design space here. And I hope that we start to see more aggro cards like this, where it's not just, hey, kill half your opponent's warband, kill two fighters, kill three fighters, like mm-hmm. um, adds a little more nuance. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think what's cool is that it finds a middle ground where, you know, if you're playing against, uh, you know, Grimwatch or, or whatever, uh, we'll, we'll, even a, a, a better example here might be uh, Gits. Yep. Where, uh, you know, if the card said get two kills uh, and have no extra wounds, then two squigs and you're you're good to go. Uh, here, it is, so it's basically saying against Gits, you got to get you got to get three of them unless you're getting some of the big guys, which might be better protected. Uh, I don't know. Like you've already kind of said it. I like that it kind of scales nicely with those instead of being insanely hard against like you can probably do this by getting one crusher if they've upgraded right yep um so it might read like get cru- one of the crushes or get three of the gets or something like that that's that's really cool so hats off to the to the design team for for uh, making that because we haven't seen it before yeah um i'll take the other two you got anything else to say on that one or no i think that's that's what I wanted to cover. You're going to cover bold deeds. I am. Uh, so this is you have to have two or more enemy fighters out of action, and you have to be uh, in enemy territory. So uh, it's all. I mean, notably, it's a duel. So if that's important to you, you've got that as well. Um, there are a number of in faction cards that uh, are easier versions of this. So it's kind of like conquest any phase, with the caveat that you have to have done some kills. Um, mm-hmm. But Godseekers in Dread Pageant is just this, but without the kill requirement. Um, the Rippas, I've seen a lot of people talk about how great this is for Rippas. Uh, it is basically a harder Cruel Hunters, as, uh, as I see it. Uh, Cruel Hunters is have two out of action and just have one of your fighters in their territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you are taking it in Rippas, you are taking it after you've already taken Cruel Hunters, and now you've got uh, what's nice is that you're you're stacking extra glory into your deck, but I think you're only doing it in some of the most aggressive Rippa's decks. Yeah, uh, and I I guess my personal preference is to play just a little bit cagier. I don't like being forced to uh, to push into enemy territory, and I I guess I just imagine the hand where I I draw this in the uh, draw into this in the first uh, round, and it feels pretty rough unless you've got some particular matchups, and even then. Uh, I really don't like in that first round having to charge into enemy territory early, which you're going to do in this case to to score this. You, if you have all three of your fighters, that means your second activation, you're heading into enemy territory, which is a recipe for getting really wailed <laughs> on. But yeah, I mean, this almost feels like it. I, I mean, it does make sense with Rippas, but it almost feels like it is a perfect card for the like hyper aggro decks. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna play you know, Reavers, or if you're going to play Magors, or, you know, some of those warbands where your your strategy is very simple. Yeah. Uh, charge the opponent. Um, 
there's not much reason to not bring this card because it's checking all the boxes that you're going to be doing anyway. Yeah, I think you in particular said it with uh, with Magors. I think they like it the best because they're they're advancing in enemy tor- territory. They're getting those kills, and they have four activations. So with Reavers, even if you charge four people, there's still one unless your yep. opponent has. Uh, you you might set up a, a Targor bait or something like that and have targor take a hit so that you can send the other four in and, and score this um i mean th- this is basically a second or third round for those guys um it's nice that it doesn't have at least this many because that would be a problem with reavers late game <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep um but yeah Just so I, I think yeah, i think mcgore's is kind of like your your ideal uh landing spot and and uh it's nice that it's a aggro end phase to glory i know at the start of the season we were saying man those feel pretty thin on the ground especially if you're not sporting yeah. the hunter keyword yeah, I mean, aggro has just been getting so much love lately that now it's almost the reverse, where it's like, well, everything's for aggro lately, and yeah, they're spoiled for choice. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's see. What else do you want in there? Um, another one that I think is good, but not for everyone, is Martial Mage. This is uh, one of the surges where... You score immediately if a wizard's range one or two attack action takes an enemy fighter out of action. Mm. So for the most part, this is good for the um, curse breakers. Yep. Because anytime they get a kill, they can score this, which is amazing. <laughs> it's just get a kill, get a glory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you could you could find ways to make this work with some other wizards as well. Um but I think generally it's going to be a curse breaker staple. Um, yeah. In other decks, it might be a, a good uh, skirmish, like a good best of one card. Uh, mm-hmm. It gets more challenging in a best of three. Uh, if you, the more objectives you stack that have to flow through one fighter. Yep. Um, for sure. Then the, the more challenging that gets. But Yep. Always nice to see a little nod back to the wizards, get them uh, a little, little help. Uh, the greater hunt is interesting there it's a it's a one glory end phase that uh you score if you have more hunters than the enemy so there's some war bands that can score this very easily i think most notably mm-hmm. grimwatch likes it quite a bit because they have five hunters right yep yeah um so f- five hunters and they can bring back most of those hunters uh i think uh Valreek is maybe your one that is a hunter. Oh, Valreek and the and the Duke are, are hunters, but can't be brought back. But the other other three little guys can. So yeah, um, and that's uh, something. The, the question is whether Grimwatch even need it. But uh, other warbands that there's there's a number of other ones that can uh, pick up on it. Um, and we talked about the stalkers having a lot of hunters. Um, yep, wild and hunt. If, yep, and if you're leading leaning into uh, taking hunter upgrades and you can you can fill that out as well so yeah i also like this one just because it's i mean (laughs) i don't necessarily always want there to be easy passive glory but Mm -hmm. having some for one glory is really nice because it can keep your uh scoring very consistent sure Um, and i feel like that kind of efficiency can help you just get through your deck yeah um and this is one of those cards where there's going to be very few matchups if you're taking it where you're probably not going to be able to score it um right so i think that's really nice it is interesting though 
the there's another card like this that's just have a quarry that's alive at the end of the fate like at the end of a round mm-hmm. um and it's for the same amount of glory so it's kind of like it's almost easier to just have like one quarry hanging out than right. <laughs> um trying to have like more hunters than your opponent because there's a lot of hunters popular right now so it is kind of interesting that like it's the same reward, but you probably have to work a little harder for this one. Yeah. And the quarry one, there's only two warbands that bring an innate quarry. True. There's plenty of plenty of upgrades that will turn you into a quarry. That feels that feels like a little so if I'm not running one of those two, yeah, I, I you know, there's there's uh you're never quite sure how many quarry upgrades or now even gambits that the other uh, player might be bringing. Um so but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Um, that's a very similar slot that they fill. Um, All right. What do you think of uh, What do you think of Punctured Pride? That seems like Ugh. an interesting one because that's yeah. a uh, that is one we've talked about dealing creatively with the primacy token, um, and that one certainly does so in my mind. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, this is this is sort of a weird one, right? Um, so it's a hybrid where you can score it immediately after you, well, after an enemy warband whose player has the primacy token is taken out of action. So you don't have to kill them. It can just be a fighter being taken out, which is nice because it does let you do it through lethal hexes or other means. You don't have Mm -hmm. to kill them with a fighter, but, um, they have to already have primacy for you to be able to score off of that condition. So that is a little strange um, just because like you really have to know your opponent's going to have it. The other uh, thing you can do to score this is have the enemy leader get taken out of action. It's mm-hmm. either through a lethal hex or from damage dealt by your warband, which would be your fighters, your cards, just any way you want to take them out. So, I mean, kill a leader in any way for one glory is probably not bad um but i do wonder like is this card rewarding enough that you would take it over some other things yeah i think there's maybe some ways to build with it um i think the i i keep thinking that there's something there with a feign weakness feign strength sort of thing where you are manipulating it and focusing on scoring surges off of it more so than having it in the end phase Mm -hmm. um and this would kind of feed into that, which would be which would be kind of great if you feign weakness, hand them the primacy, then kill them and surge <laughs> off it. You know that that would that be kind pretty of, good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I agree about the uh, the leader. What's nice is that it's the surge for killing the leader that could happen. There's a number of options elsewhere uh, for doing that, but that this gives you another thing if you have a way to engineer it, or if it's maybe just a medical. You know, see. Yeah. How yep. likely are to to see that? I think it's also worth mentioning in the same breath here is swelling pride is a surge score this immediately if you gain the primacy token, but you already have the primacy token, and that is uh, another one that could benefit from the faint strength, faint weakness combo, or uh, a number of the other ways to to gain it, um, which we'll talk more about later. But we've seen some of them, um, the uh, 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 other ways that you can earn primacy, and you might earn it more than once. Um, and we, we know that Headcracker's mob interacts with primacy in some way. Uh, I think we saw it had to do with their inspiration. Um, yep. And 
so that, you know, maybe they have even more ways to interact with it. And maybe they're even more interested in kind of it moving back and forth over the course of a given round so they can inspire multiple times. So maybe they're the warband that particularly leans into this style. I would hope so. That would be cool. I think yeah. right now I almost, I don't know, primacy has almost become this weird thing where like, because it's extra glory just hanging out there and because it re is so easily rewarding for fighters who hit really hard that like Molog, for instance, has surged in popularity because it's so easy to just mm -hmm. keep stacking glory off of primacy. But mm -hmm. if primacy can start to become more of like a back and forth where you can interact with it more with cards and make it less of a guaranteed benefit, mm -hmm. um, we might see some of that pullback. And I think that would probably be good for the meta right now. But um, we'll we'll see what happens. Sure. Any other objectives you want to touch on? I think the only other one that I find to be very interesting um, is growing hunger. And it's just because it's very easy if there's a reliable way to get hunger counters out. Mm -hmm. um, so, so this is a hybrid where you can score it in the end phase if each surviving friendly fighter has one or more hunger counters or each surviving enemy fighter has one or more hunger counters. Mm -hmm. Right now, either of those conditions is a lot of work and one glory is not a huge payoff. Um, but I would guess that the more we keep seeing hunger stuff come out, that uh, this might become fairly simple. And if hunger starts to become more of a thing, just like all decks where it feels like you need to be able to interact with hunger to be able to compete with certain styles of play that suddenly having growing hunger could just be like an auto score almost sure yeah i think the other hung, hunger one here was a uh, hunger for power that's also a hybrid mm -hmm. uh one or more friendly wizards each have two or more hunger counters that feels like a you know i don't know you'd have to be building but then the one or more surviving friendly wizards each have two or more upgrades so just one yep. glory for having two upgrades on a wizard this also <laughs> uh also screams storm sire Yep. You know, just because you got some redundancy there. Um, or that same if you're if you're feeling particularly bold and want to <laughs> lean into the uh you know the the worm spat leader uh build or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. Do some real crazy stuff with Ilthari again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows? Right. Make Ilthari agree again. Uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think that, that, uh, it's, there's, there's, uh, some loose change there. I think bristling weapons I saw and I was like, oh yeah, this is a way you could build a combo deck, but it, you have to be a hunter and combo yeah. deck. it's like, oh, rough. Okay. You gotta be, I don't know. Combo is one of those things where I was super excited by the concept, but it's just never been prevalent enough. Yeah. I've played really a couple, I've played a couple it. of games where somebody's that, uh, the game against spike claw. Some of the mm -hmm. uh, combo things were coming out, which makes sense because you can you can bring those fighters back. So even if they go down, you haven't yep. wasted that upgrade. And then I played against the Gits one. And I think what made it okay for Gits is that even if you don't get both parts of the combo on, uh, a lot of those weapons are just a straight upgrade. Uh, yep. So like all the, all the goblin archers are like, oh, sweet. I have half of a combo. Uh, like that's so much better than what I already had. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, all right. Infinitely so. better than this stupid little bow. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the only one here that we didn't talk at all about is prized kill. Um, there's nothing special about this. It's just a score immediately f for a hunter taking a uh, leader out of action with an attack for one glory. Um, yeah. Hrothgorn probably likes it okay, but killing leaders is still harder than just killing any fighter, and there's surges for one glory for just getting a kill. So sure. um, I don't know why you would take this over those. Yeah, right. Um, fair. All right. Should we hit some gambits? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I will kick us off. Um, I think uh, Living Land felt like one I wanted to, to touch on. So yeah. uh, this is a game that reads, uh, pick one, flip an objective token that has the same number as the round number or move one objective token in your territory one hex. Uh, that first component, I would have kind of poo-pooed a little bit uh, if I hadn't already seen... Uh, shifting madness from Grimwatch and been like, oh, I guess that is like, you know, that that's not as restrictive as it, as it seems um, mm -hmm. a, a, of a, of a limitation. Uh, it's fun because you're paying attention to numbers a little more again. So, yep. you know, where's one, two, and three. That's fun because you're flipping a token that's underneath somebody. It does not have to be unoccupied, which is a yeah, um, little more difficult to come across. Um but then the also it's a uh, it's like restless prize light, right? So move mm -hmm. one objective token in your territory. Uh, I guess it could technically start in your territory and end up in uh, neutral territory. Yep. Um, but uh, and then it's only one instead of two, which uh, is a little more reasonable. But uh, crucially, it's not restricted. I, I'd kind of be surprised if it did end up getting restricted. Um, yeah. It, it has the effect of making it it's just that little bit harder to fight over objective tokens in your opponent's territory now uh if you think yeah. they're going to be uh, taking one of these uh i like it that it appeals to the feed the beast grave build uh and that it appeals <laughs> to the hold objective build it's another way to uh grab a token yeah um, importantly so you know at first i was thinking wow that second part why wouldn't you just take sidestep like oh well you would do it if you know you have if some big bruiser came in and stood on top of one of your objectives mm -hmm. and you're not going to get that person off. There's a lot of guard out there and all that sort of thing. Then it's kind of serves the purpose of confusion in that, uh, in that state where you can, you can pull it, get, get an objective out from under somebody and get it under yours. Um, yeah, I think, uh, the other thing important to, to note is that, uh, it refers to an objective token specifically rather than a feature token. So it can be used to flip something into a lethal, but it cannot be used to do the reverse. So bear that in mind. Correct. As I read it. And I figure it would have to be that way because it is referring to the number. Mm -hmm. And once it's flipped over to being a lethal, it wouldn't have a number anymore. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be obnoxious to be trying to peek under and try to figure <laughs> out. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what what's uh, something you thought you wanted to talk about? Yeah, there's some really good ones in here. Um, I think one that I find incredibly interesting, again, because it sort of plays with primacy a bit, is Lost in Reflection. Mm. Yeah. So this is you choose an enemy. F so it's, it's actually sort of broken into two, two conditions, but the way it's written, it, it's kind of weird. But anyway, so you, you choose one enemy fighter from a warband whose player has the primacy token, or you can pick an opponent, and then that opponent would choose 
one of their fighters and the chosen fighter then cannot be activated in the next activation. Mm -hmm. So basically what you want out of this card is to be able to know that if you're playing into a match where somebody has a fighter that's getting primacy that you can Mm -hmm. just shut them down for a turn and if you do this at the right time that could probably win you a game sure um it's a little bit like uh no time but like in the activation rather Mm -hmm. than uh in the power step um there's just i don't know i think though the second condition can still be pretty good um, I know like playing against primacy probably is the best way to use this because you get to pick and choose who you lock down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like if you're facing against the, you know, um, crushes or if you're going into Magors or some, some band where it's like a limited number of fighters, but they're all good and they are all trying to, you know, lift the war band up. Mm-hmm. You, it probably doesn't really matter to you which one can't be activated um, unless like, I guess they could choose somebody who's already charged or something. And then that's kind of a waste, but yeah, I think they probably know who they want to go with. I, I, um, I think there's probably at a given time an optimal one or, or, you know, a, a toss up. And so, but sometimes them having to tip their hand and say, yep, it's going to be this guy, give you that piece of information, you know, that uh, you can mm-hmm. act on, but I've had plenty of games where it is down to, you know, kind of a, a single fighter, but that single fighter can do a lot, especially in the, the age of the Voltroning fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll have a ton of upgrades on Ripa, but Stab it and me and I are dead, and I'm trying to surf Ripa around uh, and, and get work done. Or maybe you've managed to clean up the squigs from Molog, and now Molog's just trying to uh, terrorize you. So um, so that that's is, that is in play. And it brings us back to that whole feign weakness, hand the primacy token off. Yep. Uh, and that was the that was the one where i remember seeing that card i was like ah you know a, a card for a spent glory not quite worth it but of a card for a spent glory and setting up um something like this can be incredible yeah. uh that's a two card combo but the more you put in the the better you do i mean imagine you hand hand it off get your spent glory lock down the fighter and then score underdog because the other guy's got the primacy oh, token. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a, there's a kind of juicy, a, a nice way to close out. Um, and uh, a little bit more of a control tool, which we're, we're seeing more of here, which feels like it's been a little bit since we saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if we can keep getting more stuff like this for like applying move tokens and for locking fighters down for an action, like control, like true control, like mm-hmm. in, magic um like a blue deck where you're not just controlling the state of the fight but like literally keeping your opponent from doing things mm-hmm. that could probably become a very interesting play style if somebody leans just really heavy into that um, mm-hmm. i think people would hate it given the propensity for people to want the game to just be aggro but <laughs> yeah, yeah um i think it would be wonderful so yeah give us more of that gw sure um, similar to the, uh, punishing somebody for having primacy is pride before a fall, yeah. which is a, a snare that works against, you don't have to be a hunter to use it. You just have to have the other person have the primacy, uh, token. So they have to be driven back. 
they have to have the primacy token, but you get to add one. And that kind of card has uh, historically been pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, so uh, another reason I was trying to think of the kind of warband that on top of the, you know, uh, primacy game where you are, are giving it to the other person with uh feign weakness and maybe claiming with feign strength and that sort of thing. What kind of warband really wants to see that? And it feels like, I feels like something we could talk about more, but off the top of my head, I'm thinking like if you had, uh, uh, you know, gets kind of like it cause they're probably going to give it up. Um, maybe aggro gets like it even more cause they're really going to get mixed up in there. Um, yeah. And then, uh, things like Godsworn hunt and, uh, uh, reavers have yeah. enough small fighters. It feels like they're going to revert. Maybe even, uh, maybe even beastmen. Um, so, I think as any of those war bands where either you know you're just going to naturally give up primacy because you can't really help but do so mm-hmm. or because you're you know planning to build around it and like you said you could be bringing cards to give it you could be planning on scoring underdog like if you're planning for that anyway why wouldn't you want to wait to deal an extra damage so. right I like the idea of a, of a particular match where the stars have aligned and uh, the, there, there's a little bit of a hot potato with the, with the, uh, primacy token. <laughs> like, oh man, like my deck wants it because I've got, uh, things like, I don't I can't remember the names, but like unassailable or, or, uh, awesome predator or whatever that say, yeah, good job. You got the primacy token, but yeah. <laughs> I want to get it late because I don't want to have it. I don't want to have it early on because it's going to unlock these other cards for my opponent. It's uh, that's cool. It's yeah. Cool really, uh, scenario to imagine. Really like that um how about another one what do you got yeah so i'll i'll go to one of the spells just because they don't get much love anymore but abysoth smothering Mm. uh this is a very interesting spell in that it casts on a swirl but uh if you do manage to cast it in the next activation every dice characteristic is one Mm -hmm. uh like that could either be very crippling because your opponent can't really hit because all their attacks are on one dice mm-hmm. or they become very easy to hit because they only have one dice for defense. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think you mentioned in our n- sort of prep for this that there's some timing here that could be weird because like you create you make the characteristic one, but then if they have things like upgrades or ploys that are giving them bonuses, I think those would still apply after this card. Yeah, I spent um, some time. For some reason, I thought I remembered that it would matter what order they were coming in. So, like, if somebody played, I don't know, like victimize and gave themselves plus one, and then you said, "Just kidding, all things are going to be one." But I couldn't find anything to that effect. Uh, I I'm, I started trying to read it like end to end because as I was popping around, I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's kind of been a while since I read that FAQ." Uh, and yeah. So I, I didn't find anything. So. I, I don't want to take a strong stance one way or the other. I think you're probably right. I think modifiers uh, still apply. And if they do, um, then, you know, and, and stuff like Strength of Terror, uh, if those still apply, then it's less a little less exciting. Um, if somehow it yeah. could override modifiers, then, oh, that, then, it's, a, then it's a real <laughs> control spell, right? Like you, yeah. you really drop the probability of, a, of an attack landing. Um, Especially yeah. if you've got somebody on guard or, or something like that. So, um, like your, your key defender is, it happens to be on guard anyway. So bottom, bottom line, um, 
I think they're going to have to drop an FAQ, even if even if you're someone who thinks it's very clear, which uh, it, it may be. I think enough people will be uncertain how to process it. So I'll, I'll be happy to see that yep. uh, clarified slightly. But it's a cool thing that we haven't seen much of. The other spell was not particularly exciting. It kind of fell into that category. So it's a one focus. Caster becomes a hunter and gets ensnared until the end of the round kind of falls into the the category of you're only doing this if you have something that rewards you for casting a lot of spells because it's it only needs one success and even then a focus is uh harder than a channel uh, yeah to nobody's uh, surprise so <laughs> i mean it's basically a coin toss as to whether you'll be able to make yourself a hunter like mm-hmm. it's i just don't think the reward is good enough like this is taking up a slot in your power deck yeah this is one of your 10 gambits yeah, assuming that you're only going ten. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I I agree that one is a little underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um. There are several hunger ones here. Uh, I'm going to kind of lump them together More. a little bit. Starvation snares is a trap that reacts after a move action. Uh, give uh, an enemy three hunger counters or remove three hunger counters. I just don't think we've seen a penalty or payoff. Uh, for having that many hunger counters or removing that many hunger counters from an enemy for to make this obviously good yet. So yep. um, there's, it feels like, uh, I guess this is a good time to say it. I, I kind of added up, um, we have, uh, I think, five objectives that uh, reference hunger counters, 10 gambits, and six upgrades. Uh, but that's not quite a big enough pool to really build something off of, build something consistent, I think. Um, uh, this, this in particular starvation snare is kind of a card that is a nothing on its own. Like it's only a card that does something in combination with something else, uh, be it a rule that we haven't seen yet or, um, or a card we haven't seen yet. So, um, this, this space TBD, uh, (laughs) the, the kind of card that starts me thinking like, okay, like more cards like this. And I'm starting to think hunger is a thing is a compelling hunger. This is choose one fighter with one or more hunger counters, push that fighter one hex and give that fighter one hunger counter. So there's a little bit more where you can add hunger. Uh, that's what our the notable thing on this is choose one fighter. It doesn't say enemy or friendly. So it is a, mm-hmm. the earth shakes, um, uh, or uh, lure of slanish, I suppose, um, where, uh, being able to act as a sidestep or a distraction is, is huge. So, that is the sort of card. The more cards you see like that, uh, the much stronger incentive you have for being able to toss around hunger. For sure. That like that is the kind of design space that is going to start to get people to be like, it would really be beneficial <laughs> for me to actually care about hunger because uh, mm-hmm. an extra sidestep is huge. I mean, to the point where when we had just another generic distraction it got restricted to stop people from ringing too yeah um so (laughs) definitely uh expect to see something happen at i don't know when the critical mass is going to hit but it will at some point probably with vampires yeah um and then watch out (laughs) yeah i'm just worried that vampires will kind of ruin everybody else's fun with it where they make such a a big yeah. heyday out of it but that's that's uh that's projecting i don't know we'll see how that yeah, how yeah. we can out. wait and discuss that when the vampires actually okay. drop last hunger card here was delicious morsel and it's probably the card that a lot of people wish uh, ferocious resistance was 
heal one unless you have hunger counters then heal two and take off two hunger counters yep. um, or one if that fighter only has one um, so that's a way to heal a big guy do even better if that big guy has uh, hunger on him but is not as uh, backbreaking as the ferocious resistance uh, yeah. get back I think it's interesting. I mean, this has nothing to do with how the cards work, but like a very large number of these hunger cards have Slake Slash on them. <laughs> yeah. And he does nothing with hunger. So I, yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I just find that to be very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I think there's only one less, but it, it is, uh, oh no, that's two. there's two. There's uh, the there's trap is sprung, two. which, uh, triggers off of it has some cool effects where it, once you trigger a trap you can uh put a fighter on guard um yeah. or have or have a two hex push if you are uh, if you're far from any fighters those are those are two pretty that's some nice flexibility it's just that you have to trigger a trap and there's that there's not enough traps uh and certainly not enough traps worth yeah right now to, to but keep an eye i wonder if there's it'd be cool if there's a warband that has traps i don't like Ooh, that could be interesting like yeah and i think good no yeah I, I guess the only other thing that i was going to say with this is just that it would be so much better if it was just a reaction to a trap gambit not mm. you playing a trap oh gambit. yeah sure um so like right now it only works if you have another gambit in your hand that can trigger it mm. and there's just not that many traps so mm-hmm. you just probably won't see this but uh yeah if there's a warband that like their whole deal is traps that could be that could be nice mm, yeah uh yeah if it was any trap then once somebody slick rocks you at least you'd get a little bit of uh, mm-hmm. get back on there uh so the other one we haven't talked about is outrun death <laughs> yeah probably one of the strongest ones here mm. uh so outrun death choose one fighter that fighter is a quarry if that fighter is a quarry that fighter has plus two move this effect persists until the end of the round or until that fighter is taken out of action so at first glance uh, you might think hey we just have another spectral wings but that first glance would be wrong (laughs) yeah yeah i i mean i like a lot of things about this card i think having a a way to make yourself a quarry sort of at will without Mm -hmm. needing an upgrade is cool um Obviously, plus two move is still very strong because we see spectral wings and things all over the place. They get used a lot. But the persisting effect has the unfortunate side effect of making fighters who can make multiple moves in a turn ridiculous Mm. with this. Right. I think Molog (laughs) is probably the one that it's like, oh, God, move five Molog who can just do that for an entire round. This is disgusting. Yeah. I started trying to uh, list off different warbands that uh, would leverage this, you know, so thinking about uh, Kagra's Ravagers have something where uh, she can react and have one of her other fighters move. So somebody can move twice with that. And there's the ghouls have one and uh, the blood, uh, the coven have one, uh, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. there's, so a lot of people have some, but almost, you know, basically all of them kind of rely on it being triggered with, uh, with a gambit of some kind. Yep. Um, and Mala can just do it. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. super speedy um, Malag. Yeah, uh, but the uh, like you noted, you can turn somebody into quarry, um, and you can do it on the enemy too. So, mm-hmm. if it's particularly important for you to kill a quarry, uh, or 
you know, somehow interact with a quarry, be it your own or somebody else's, that's a, that's a way to have a little backup. So I like that as a, uh, as a, Hey, like I, uh, let's say my dread pageant list and I've got, uh, ahead of the hunt. So, you know, one glory mm-hmm. for having a quarry alive. This is, you know, put that in instead of, uh, in, instead of spectral wings. And you've got a little, uh, insurance in case Lake slash goes down. So, yeah, this is kind of an interesting one. Um, was that surge it's like tables are turned or something where it's like yep. a quarry kills a hunter and you get yeah. two glory for it. Yeah. Having yeah. A, a way to quickly make yourself a quarry and then also have plus two move. Get where you want to go. Sure. Yeah. That yeah. could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> some, some gross kind of was like, uh, you know, if, you know, matchup dependent, but like Magor all of a sudden gets plus two move becomes a good, quarry and runs in and kills like gnarl or something like yeah is that really worth three glory Come on. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know <laughs> uh so yeah but but cool uh cool there this because i realize we have so many movement gambits and upgrades uh i maybe i'll splice this in after uh i'll i'll, uh, I'll ask a question listener you can kind of think about it and then i'll, I'll put in uh after the outro, uh, what I think the answer is. So I've got, uh, my question is what is the most movement? What are the most number of hexes you can move through with a single, uh, move action? And yeah. we're not talking about like, if you have something that lets you react and move again, one, one single move action, what's the most number of hexes and what war band, uh, can you do it with? And I came up with a number and I thought of two war bands that you can do it with. So, yeah. so you want to take a guess? I don't know if I actually wrote the answer down. Um, I, I wouldn't want to just randomly guess. Uh, sure. I know it's it's a high number for sure. Um, yeah. And I know that the the fighter that came to mind for me that you'd want to do it with is the bats from Grimwatch because mm. it goes up to speed six, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that would give you the highest base start. Um, but yeah, it would it could be it could be a very large number. <laughs> <laughs> it could. All right. So I'm gonna do a pause here and then I'll give the answer and I can splice it in. Cool. All right, but uh back to the topic at hand. Um I think that's pretty good for gambits. Are we on to upgrades? Yeah, we we talked every one of these gambits, so we might as well round it out here and talk every one of these upgrades because we've done every other card so far. Sure. Um I kind of missed the stats on the gambits, but it was eight ploys, two spells, and three were reactions. Uh, mm-hmm. For the upgrades, we got three attack action upgrades and one wizard specific upgrades. One of those attack action upgrades is you're probably not taking it specifically for the attack action, but mm-hmm. um, what, which one of these upgrades shouts at you to be given attention right away here, Phil? Uh, well, I think Proud Runner is probably one that deserves a lot of attention because it's going to change a lot of stuff with primacy. Um, so mm-hmm. it's a plus one move upgrade, which by itself is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, usually don't take those just for that. But the other thing is that each time that a fighter with this upgrade finishes a move action for five or more hexes from where the move action began, mm-hmm. you can then gain the primacy token. Uh, so a brand new way to get the primacy token, which is pretty cool you can guarantee that you get it um with this fighter and i think that's going to start to show up because you're going to want people are going to want to be able to take it away and i think being able to take it away in the last action of a round is going to be very juicy um it does have a caveat to say that 
at the end of the action phase, if that fighter doesn't have a move or a charge token, you do have to discard the primacy token. Yeah. Um, so I guess this would come up if you like somehow you gained it through a kill, but then didn't move your fighter. But yeah, it's hard to, I mean, I was trying to think of this situation where this doesn't happen. Uh, it is, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's tough to, to come up. There's, there's, it's pretty corner case. Um, you know, you'd have to be right next to the thing that you already want to attack. But even then, like just charge, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. Uh, and this, this, uh, reads to me kind of like, uh, almost more counter primacy than anything else we've seen. Cause if you have a war band that's got it, you can, if you can save that, then you, you, uh, snatch, uh, snatch primacy away right at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, control because you could do it by just having, you know, mean, I slap it on and run along your, your back line. Um, just kind of run around in circles, Well, not, not in circles. It's gotta be a straight line, but you know what I mean? But just going back and forth, I mean, yeah, getting his cardio in, feeling good about it, earning you primacy. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really weird, like you can almost think of it as like a gain of glory at the end of the round, as long as this fighter has made a move, because as long as you time it right, you should be able to do that. Um, right. Which is kind of crazy. So yeah. I think this card's going to shake things up a lot. Even more so with my patented feign strength, feign weakness deck that is... <laughs> only strong because uh i'm just imagining it. i haven't done the reality of actually trying to build it yet but you you hand off uh primacy early on make them pay for it and then steal it back from them at the end yeah (laughs) no i think i think we're getting into some interesting places with primacy after this this set of cards so definitely happy about it do you have an upgrade that you think is very interesting uh yeah let's uh I guess we're on the subject of movement. Let's go with another interesting movement card. Let's go with Labyrinth Boots. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so a lot of people kind of explained how this, it's got a ton of text on it to explain, but it's basically, if you're not on one, move to the lowest number one, uh, and then move to the next highest number. Uh, if it's ever blocked because somebody's on it, you can't do it. Um, it's not a problem if the next one is flipped or destroyed. You just imagine it's not there. So what's your take on this one? This is a card when I first read it where I was like, wow, this is probably going to be great. And then I thought about it some more and I was like, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If your opponent knows that you're playing this card, they can just park some random schmuck on like objective two or three or something and know that at some point that fighter is going to get stuck. Yeah, Uh, because that fighter can no longer move in any other way besides teleporting between the uh, objective tokens yeah it, it is putting uh, a sign on a fighter it says this fighter whatever their speed is now there's only one spot on the entire board that they can move to uh and and that is it now, like for on the on their next the next time they make a move action there's only one space they can go um the only way i can see you can surprise somebody with that is uh let's say you have flip tech or or some such so you yeah. put this on and they say oh okay uh well they're going to one i'm not worried and then you flip one and all of a sudden they're going to two or, or whatever the case may yeah. be you can you can find ways to kind of jump the jump the line a little bit um i think this is not very good until it is and when it <laughs> is it's it's uh shocking and i think it may play into just a couple of play styles i think it's maybe not bad if you have war bands with fighters that it's not a disaster if they get locked down you know like if you have yeah. 
red cap or something. And, you know, it's nice to have some way to get into somebody's back line if you're, if you're trying to hold a bunch or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you have to really know why you're taking it if you're taking it. Yeah. The only thing cool. that yeah. I've been able to think of that makes sense for this card is if you're trying to play Feed the Beast Grave. Yeah. Um, it just gives you a way to really quickly get around the board to sure. the hexes because as soon as you either remove them or flip them, this card, the mechanics suddenly get a lot easier. Yeah. Because um, if you're not already standing on an objective then you just go to the next one and if there's yeah. one missing in the you know yeah. so i don't know i mean like if you want to try and chance having lethal snares and labyrinth boots and then do some <laughs> craziness where you yeah. suddenly <laughs> get to hop around and really mess people up like i think maybe there's something there but yeah overall put a, put a timer on the game right and like hey oh, man <laughs> I'm, I'm moving through these you know uh yeah so i don't know maybe but yeah it's such a confusing card in a way slightly different i mean a a weaker um obviously weaker uh situation than lords of space and time but i think the other thing it does is if if you know that this objective is in the other players or no this upgrade is in the other player's deck uh it could influence the way you play like all of a sudden you're like ah man like can i afford to leave you know objective two uncovered because it's right next to one of my valuable people it it can it can mess with you in a little bit so I, I think there may be some head game value to it but yeah yeah um let's see we talked uh we talked a fair amount about hunger before i think there's one particular card here which uh fits in the category of sufficient reward to uh encourage you to take hunger uh with a little bit more yeah uh, which would you you know which one I'm talking about here? I think you're probably talking about Hungry Harpoon. Yes, sir. Um, so this is uh, one fury, two damage, range three. Unless you have three hunger, is it? Uh, uh, yeah, three or yeah. more hunger counters. Unless you have three or more hunger, in which case you get uh, an extra two dice. So you go up to three fury. And uh, three fury, two damage is real solid. We were really excited about the Hellfire Sword mm-hmm. Ravagers, and this is basically it's statistically pretty pretty similar. There um, gets even more help from uh, supports. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, man, being a range three for two damage by itself is already that's nice. Um, mm-hmm. Being universal, like you just plop this on some little schmuck who needs to just be a weapon carrier, and uh, all of a sudden you're able to really deal some damage. I mean, I think that's I want to say that's Talk, who's the club yeah. guy, and I think he's just dropped his shield and he's like, Yep, harpooning all day now. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can see another thing, you know, like uh, I don't know, Gar Talk or something gets himself on an objective and often there are multiple objectives within three and he just starts pinging people off of objectives because yeah, he gets hungry enough. And, um, yeah. So, uh, I think if you find a way to get yourself hunger, uh, I think, like you said, we don't think we're there yet, but I think there's a lot of potential, um, this, this card and, uh, there's some of the others which are providing incentive pressure to, uh, keep looking at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else do you want to talk about? I think um another one that is also hunger related is keen hunger 
Um, so this gives you an, a reaction where during the fighter's attack action, um, during the or after you've rolled your dice, you can remove hunger counter a hunger counter um, to re-roll one dice in the attack roll. Mm-hmm. Um, now, generally, I don't see a great reason for taking this because there's a lot of other upgrades you could be taking to give yourself re-rolls. But if there's starts to become a thing where like using your hunger and gaining hunger back and forth, like raising and lowering that amount of hunger tokens you have starts to become a thing. Um, this could suddenly have like a good reason for doing that. It gives you like a way to move oh. the counters around. Yeah, sure. Like if you, if there was an objective that said, you know, uh, a fighter started this round with, you know, no hunger and now has it or vice versa or something like that. Yeah. Um, then, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. And um, I mean, just having a reroll for one of your attack dice isn't a bad thing to have either. So, yeah. And this is at any range, which is kind of nice. Um, we've seen some that are, uh, range three or more or range one. Um, we don't, we don't see rerolls at any range, uh, at the range of your choice all that often. Yep. Um, let's see. How about, uh, well, talking about rerolls, Eagle Eye. Uh, so yeah. it makes you a hunter. Uh, range 3 plus. You can reroll one attack dice. Um, there's a little bit of language that's pretty important there. And I, I don't mean to disappoint the people who are very excited about putting this on Stormsire or Lothari. But uh, attack dice does not refer to magic dice. Uh, the, the yep. glossary there uh, says that magic dice are, are not attack dice even when used in a spell attack action. So um, yes, people who are excited about this are especially uh, profiteers. Right? Yeah, yeah. They get their uh, get their range rerolls back. Yeah, really nice. exactly. And become a hunter on the side, which is, also good. as we know, often has some benefits. Um, so that's cool. Pretty straightforward. I, I think it's it's funny that this card is called eagle eye but it's showing um ilthari who's a wizard who doesn't have a range three attack action that can take advantage of this and then the bird that is taking his eye like in the picture is an owl and not an eagle like i almost have to think that they were just trolling us on this one (laughs) yeah uh kind of like the uh the vital surge uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh give me that magic yeah oh corn's mm. <laughs> not gonna yeah. be too happy about that that's funny i oh it's not Ilthar. it's miari right is that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. all right yep all right yep that's two like, names yeah. are very I, I was... <laughs> very similar both wizards both leaders yeah um but the point remains uh all right um what what else do you want to talk about here? Um, so I guess let's just talk about the other really strong one here mm-hmm. <laughs> um, while we're talking rerolls. So this is Savage Visage. Um, so this is another upgrade that turns the fighter into a hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it allows you to reroll one dice in this fighter's range one attack actions for each of this fighter's upgrades that have one or more instances of the hunter keyword. Yeah. Very interesting upgrade. Um, yeah. At, at worst, it's a range one awakened weapon, which is good. Yep. But if, if you do stack those hunter upgrades, which a lot of warbands do, um, you could suddenly be looking at like 
two, three dice rerolls, which is probably your whole attack, which is very strong. Yeah. Uh, when I when I saw this card, I had to close my eyes and have a moment of zen while I imagined it going on to uh, any of the snarl fangs, uh, since <laughs> yeah. they are since they are hunters, and so you you were often taking you know hunter up, upgrades that you know if if you are a hunter get this all that sort of thing. So this even just one reroll on them is great. If you got two, imagine like each wolf bite having both dice rerolling. Oh yeah, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Uh, that gets pretty gross pretty quick even just the one the uninspired wolf bite gets a little little scarier in that early game before before either side is much upgraded so definitely uh yeah this is this is pretty tremendous for uh snarl fangs in my opinion yeah yeah i do appreciate that it's only range one though um because otherwise a lot of the reach two fighters could get pretty out of hand well, most notably Molog, right? Like, yep. this doesn't do a ton for Molog. Um, but even the Duke, club. I mean. Sure, yeah, great point. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I give credit to this opinion to uh, Jonathan from Path to Glory. He said, he's like, it looks good on Hrothgorn, but Hrothgorn already has access to a bunch of re-rolls, and so he maybe doesn't need it. So yeah, um, anytime that there's like an offensive upgrade that doesn't necessarily like powerfully boost Molog and Hrothgorn. That's kind of a cool thing. So, I would definitely agree. Yeah. Um, so we've just got a few left here. Which which one sure. do you want to take next? Uh, let's do... Uh, let's do Void Sphere. Oh. Um, attack <laughs> action upgrade. Uh, it's three fury, one damage, plus one damage on a crit. As soon as you use it for an attack action, you're going to have to discard it. Uh, it's other thing is... Uh, you have a special action where you can uh, end a uh, persisting ploy. Um, and it's it's not a persisting ploy. Oh, all, right. Yes, <laughs> my fault. Discard all persisting gambits. Um, so spells, all that. Um, I think it's just that, that kind of card that is, like we've always seen difficulty with cards that are specifically countering something. Mm-hmm. They always have a hard time making. There was a ton of counter magic in uh, um, Night Vault, uh, and that yeah. very rarely got taken because it it's it's dead if the if the other side is not taking that. So uh, I feel like this is a card that might see play in small metas. You know where yep. where there's maybe a, a deck that somebody's really stomping around with and it happens to use persisting um and it could it could be a choice that comes in if uh if we take surprise but i know these these kind of cards always have a real uphill battle um the one thing that has going for it and i this has to be this has to be uh intentional is that it has so it's a counterplay card with a little like very modest side benefit of giving an attack action you know a a Mm one-time attack action uh, which means it's it's not completely dead if uh, there's not a persisting to use it on. Yeah. I do think we're starting to see a lot of ploys that are persisting ploys, and some of them are very good. I mean, like, mm-hmm. we even saw just just a few minutes ago talking about Outrun Death as being this very good persisting ploy. Sure. Um, and it just gives you a way to get rid of that. So I don't know how many persisting ploys will end up being like meta level strong but if there's enough yeah. i could see void sphere taking a spot so if you look at the art on this uh, you have kishitaka 
who is just cackling madly. And yeah. I think what he's doing is he's he's pulled off the dream combo of this card combined with Autopodal's Gambit. And he's yep. managed to bring Autopodal <laughs> back early onto yep. a crucial objective, uh, inspire his warband, score uh, All the temporary victory, <laughs> and a whole bunch of end phase stuff. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So he's doing it with the fourth activation. That's, that's, uh, that's my headcanon for what's going on in this art here. Yeah. <laughs> um what else do you want to talk about all right so oh, what I, do we got I left here? think of the three that we have left um i think haughty resistance is probably the best one of the remaining ones here uh, sure. this is a reaction upgrade so that uh during an attack action that targets this fighter after the deal damage step you can gain the primacy token so mm. we'll stop there there is more but this first piece it's important to note you can gain primacy for getting attacked, but you do have to actually take damage um, and right. you have to survive because obviously if this fighter isn't alive after the deal damage step, uh, then there's nobody to react to do this. So, um, yeah, I, um, so it's interesting because the deal damage step is step five and then step six is check if the target is taken out of action. So technically, I think you may be able to use this if you're about to die. Oh my word. It's one of those <laughs> where you can do it when you're technically dead. Because you, you, you're you not quite dead. This is five is deal damage. Six, check if the target is out of, taken out of action. If they are not, then drive back. If they are, then yeah. end sequence. So, okay. So I this might even need an FAQ then. I don't, I guess I just don't know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if we go very exact to the wording of the rules, then technically you should have that reaction window before you're yeah. taken out. So now it's distinctly possible that you're about to give it right back. Uh, True. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're, if you're, uh, dying in one shot or if you're the leader, but yeah, but having another sort of interesting way to gain primacy is nice. Um, mm -hmm. being able to to keep your opponent from getting it um in mm -hmm. certain situations yep. or taking it away from them if they already have it that, that's actually probably the most interesting thing for me is that like this could turn into one of those things where it it just stops somebody from even targeting the fighter if they already have primacy because they're like and, well i don't want to yeah. just give it up so sure sure and if it's real important for them to keep it so yeah um, the second part of the card is that if you do already have the primacy token at when this reaction takes place, that instead uh, you are discarding the token and then you reduce the damage dealt to you by one. Um, I mean, I think that's okay. I think more often than not, you might even be upset that you had to get rid of your primacy token. Yeah. I mean, um, it is, it's a reaction, so you, you're going to yeah, choose to do choose. it or not. True. Um, and I think you will gladly give up the primacy if it's a difference between your key fighter living or dying, which we often see with that damage reduction. Uh, where this gets interesting is that you could combine this with another one of the reduced damage by one cards and then be reducing all damage by two as long oh. as you have the primacy token. Mm. Um, that could get pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, I guess you would keep a special eye so you're not uh uh doubling up on reaction windows but um if you were worm spat and somehow had this like that could be a whole lot of damage reduction for them yeah um, although i think maybe they struggle a little bit to get primacy but yeah 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 cool um 
We've got uh, Colossal Fist. Yep. Yep. That's... Uh, this is a, a spell attack action. It's the first one we've seen that only has range one. It does two damage. That's pretty good for a spell attack action. Most fighters that are uh, that have magic can already do two damage, uh, either when they're inspired or or just naturally from their melee thing. Uh, so this is most notably there because it is all of a sudden a spell attack action that can benefit from things like great strength or sting of the earth grub. Uh, and if you happen to have things that say you know, score this if you take a uh, take an enemy fighter out of action with a uh, spell, spell attack, or, yeah. spell attack or, or something like that, then um, that's that's when you keep that, your eye on this. Or um, if you're trying to stack up the the spells, you know, sometimes I, I, I've definitely had the, I mean, you, you probably know this more with Vortimus where like, hey, I want to cast this many spells, but I really would like to knock this guy out. Um, and so... I'm I'm stuck uh, trying to use the melee thing because I haven't upgraded my my spell attack action yet or whatever. So yeah, um, corner case and just watch for the uh, supporting uh, the supporting um, objectives with the with the right objectives. This uh, finds a place. Mm-hmm. All right, we got one left. The uh, flight before food. Mm-hmm. So this is the the last of the hunger ones. Um, and so this it's not a reaction so it's short so i i would imagine it only applies when you play the card and it says to remove all hunger counters from the fighter um and then this fighter becomes a quarry and if they're a quarry they have plus one move and they cannot have hunger counters Mm. um so as of right now this is basically just make yourself a quarry and get plus one move which isn't terrible i mean i think there's reasons for doing that um but as we've mentioned a number of times here if hunger starts to become a thing and you need to be able to like control where the hunger counters go having a way to just say this fighter has no hunger just period could end up being good but i think right now this card will never see play I, I think the only time it sees play is if you are one of the decks that is trying to score stuff off of Quarry. So if yeah. you are looking for a backup for ahead of the hunt or looking for a way to, um, yeah, you can, you know, throw it on somebody, uh, like we're using stuff like, uh, what hidden presence or stone form to make some quarries and then, uh, unlock absolute stillness with that. So corner yeah. case, I think that's where you'd see it right now. Yeah. Um, because in that respect, it is better than great speed. But yeah, who knows? It feels like uh, I mean, we've only seen we've only seen uh, half, less than half of the universals, I guess. Yep. Yeah, less uh, than half. I mean, only four so, of the warbands are out so yep. far for Diarchasm. So we don't know if there's going to be some sort of gift pack or something like that. Like, there's always the possibility that there's a yep. gift pack or arena mortis or something that um like like that kind of introduced more universals than we were expecting last time so we may be significantly less than half so i think there's still i don't think uh hunger is a, a done deal by any chance i think there's especially like this this release really seemed to have accelerated it um with a number of cards that made that interesting yeah all right uh any last thoughts or should we wrap this up no let's let's do it that's that's all the cards so <laughs> not okay. a whole lot else to say <laughs> all right uh well as always we'd love to hear from you you can talk to us uh on twitter at wthcast or whatthexcast at gmail.com uh 
Mortal Realms as a podcast network has a Discord, which is very active and um, it's always fun to interact with people there. Uh, kind of got a little shorthanded here, so we didn't send out our usual set of questions, but hopefully we're doing that. Um, but uh, we have our, our other slate of podcasts. You can go check that out. I think they're getting ready to cover uh, Broken Realms Techless. Uh, yeah. Some of the background, big, big moving and shaking with uh, the Age of Sigmar background. And uh, the Dogs of Warcry guys are between seasons. Uh, but if you are thinking of dipping your toe into Warcry, uh, those guys are have, have done a great, I think they have uh, a bajillion listens. They're doing really well. So yeah. um, they they uh, bring some awesome energy to that. Uh, coming up, it's going to depend on what releases when. So we're going to play it by ear, um, which we've which we've been doing of late. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Whole life. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to come at you. Phil will be able to tell you some cool stories about having actually gotten to practice Seraphon. Uh, and actually, we are, uh, as we get more and more vaccinated people in our group, uh, Phil's kind of taking the lead of uh, getting everything ready so that we can burst from the shadows uh, <laughs> and, and maybe do some in-person when it's uh, safe and appropriate to do so. But it's fun that that's a possibility even. Oh, yeah. So, it's got me very excited. Yeah. Uh, you sent that text and I was like, what is he? T- oh, he's right. It might be possible soon. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Exciting stuff. Uh, your recommended listening for this episode is hunger by Aurora, all caps, uh, from a different kind of human part two. And for what the hex I've been Davey. And this is Phil. Health checks passed. Sweet. Now that we, oh, yeah, so I at least got something here. Yeah. Cool. That should be better. Well, that's a, a minute and 12 seconds. The listeners will never hear. <laughs> when I'm when I'm in the basement, it sounds like people are dropping anvils from you know, <laughs> the second floor. Uh, so it, it sounds insane. And then I always go up and like they're, you know, making like, two foot high jumps or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I actually thought it was just one war band and then I, I kind of flipped through some cards and realized it was another, the, uh, number I came up with was 31 hexes, um, that you could do it with. Uh, (laughs) and it relies on the, the two war bands are, uh, are, uh, spike claws or, um, far striders because they both have a double your move card. Um, oh, man. and, but they have to use that before. So you, you multiply first and then add. So yeah, you could have far strider himself, uh, move, multiply himself up to eight move. And then he's got an infaction plus two that he can put on. So he can get to 10 move before you start digging into universals. Yeah. Uh, whereas crazy. the Skaven actually also have a double move so they can get to 10. They can do it for a, a card less basically. Ooh, yeah. 
but then otherwise it, it kind of costs like your entire upgrade deck almost <laughs> and, <laughs> and a ton it. of gambits and stuff like that. But I added it up. If you had the, the boards uh, squared off with each other, you could almost do a full lap of the boards. You would be oh. like one or two hexes short of just like running the entire perimeter of wow. the boards, which would be fun just for, so um, I will, uh, uh, I won't list off all the cards uh, here, but maybe I'll include it in the notes or something like that. So if you came up with, uh, if you guessed far striders or Skaven, uh, or came up with anything close to 31, I, when I, when I was just guessing and when I was kind of putting it together, I was on a hike trying to, trying to add it up and I came up with like 24 and then I actually sat down and did a search for speed, uh, in the <laughs> championship format. And I was like, oh man, there is a lot of stuff I forgot about. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I did not think about the double <laughs> speed cards. I forgot though. Yeah. those were things so <laughs> yeah right exactly so all right that's it uh and if uh if somebody's got a bigger number than that uh, let us know uh maybe maybe uh <laughs> you earn something i don't know we'll, we'll figure it out so uh 